Today's guest opens her heart to talk about personal tragedy, finding yourself, and how getting your kid off could be good for your self-esteem. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership, so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Tradies Business Show. I think it's Australia's most favourite tradie podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Why would it not be, Michaela? G'day, <laughs> listeners. So I'm Michaela Clark from Tradies VA, and I'm joined today by... Warwick Bidwell from the Tradies Business Toolkit, and we have a very cool interview today, Michaela. That's it. And I'm not going to say this lightly, but this interview can change a life if you're willing to listen to what Julie has to say. She's very inspirational. She walks her talk and uh, really has a key message that everybody in life can take something away from today's episode. Oh, absolutely. And so much of this stuff is what I guess I try and teach my clients along the way. But I think there's a bit of a stigma out there, particularly with blokey tradies, that you just don't talk about this stuff. That's it. And it's all about attitude and mindset and controlling how you feel and your view you take on situations and how you choose to adapt to those situations. And it's certainly not something that I think's talked a lot at Smoko. <laughs> no, it's a bit too woo-woo, but uh, there is a place for woo-woo and the fluffy stuff in business. And in reality, you know, it's, it's probably half the battle. If you can get your head straight, then uh, it's amazing what follows along behind. Yeah. And if you turn up to the job site tomorrow and everyone's saying, they're great, you'll know they've listened to the show today. So awesome. it's a challenge to see how many people can have a great start to the morning. So yes. let's, I think, I think our listeners are ready. Yep. What do you let's, reckon? Let's do this. So we're in for a real treat today, listeners, with a inspirational entertainer and somebody that certainly has had a big impact in the way I look at life and my attitude. And I think everybody needs a bit of Julie Cross in their life. So welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. It's great to be here, Michaela. Thank you. G'day, Julie. How are now, you today? Hey, Warwick. I'm great. Thanks. Awesome. I love I've that. I've got to be great. I'm an inspiration. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> you couldn't be anything else but, could you? No, that's right. That's the rules. I look, there are times when I'm not great. I just pick my moments and pick my times. But today I'm great. <laughs> Good to hear. And Julie has a really amazing story. And so tell us a little bit about what you do now, Julie, and a little bit of your backstory about how you got to doing what you're doing. Cause it's, it is quite an amazing story. And I, I really think a lot of people can relate with the journey that you've been on. But more importantly, I guess how that's impacted your attitude and things like that in life. Sure. Well, from a business point of view, I started out this business some um, 17 years ago and it was just that I had a passion for training and speaking and I was working in the hairdressing industry at the time. So bought a whiteboard, rang some people and pretty much started a business like that. Um, and then it just sort of grew word of mouth. But I guess the real life-changing moment came and the, my business sort of changed the way it evolved about 10 years ago, which I think is the, the big incident you're referring to. And, you know, here I was spreading the sparkle because, as you know, I wear sparkle and it's all about um, that attitude of, of letting your personality shine, etc. And it's easy to talk about having a great attitude and being sparkly when life's going great. And I had been talking about that for seven years, spreading that 
that message nationally, internationally. And then um, I had the big one happen in my life. Um, and it was one of those big things that changes your life forever. My husband and I went to bed on the 17th of December and it was 10 years ago, woke up. He couldn't walk, he couldn't talk. The right side of his face was paralysed. Um, he'd had a massive stroke during the night. And so suddenly you don't go straight from devastation to joy. You know, that's a really big leap. You can't just get up that morning and go, oh, I feel great. Everything's going to be fine. You've got to go a little bit deeper than that. I mean, that's like putting a smiley sticker over your empty fuel tank gauge and just being positive about getting there. At some point, you've kind of got to fill up. And so I guess that that's where I really learned a lot about this message of empowerment and personal development and, and attitude management um, because it still has to be managed, but it just takes a lot longer. So my husband, you know, and what I learned in that time, I think one of the really big things is because to read about something but to actually live it are two different things and we talk about living in the moment well really then I had to learn to live in the moment because I just didn't know how I was going to get through a day my boys were eight and four I didn't know what a stroke was I didn't know when my husband was coming back no one could give me a date on a calendar to say you know this is when your life will go back to that normal wonderful life that you had so I realized that I just couldn't get through a day but I could get through the moments and that one moment might be a devastating moment you move on there's another moment which you might find some hope because he's improving another moment that's gratitude that at least he's still here then you go back to devastation and then your girlfriends bring some sparkle up in a bottle well there's a better feeling moment um, and then you go back to devastation and so I just found that you just could just had to live your life in moments because I actually couldn't get through a day and I also realized then too that you know, that thing of delaying happiness. When do I delay happiness to in amongst all of that? Do I delay happiness until he is better? Well, nobody could give me a date. With a stroke, it's a brain injury. There's no date to say, okay, you know, that this is when you'll have your life back. So it really, I really learned that I had to either find happiness in amongst that situation or I was going to have a devastating life. And I didn't want a devastating life, not for me or for my boys. So that was my big lesson through that time. And then, as you know, Michaela, my son, you know, a couple of months later, my son was then diagnosed as living with autism, my youngest son. And so suddenly you have autism and stroke in the house. You're trying strokes in therapy, autism in therapy. You're trying to get stroke to talk to autism, autism to talk to stroke. <laughs> I needed therapy and I'm trying not to lose my mind and um, my other son in the process. But once again, do I delay happiness until Thomas stops being autistic? He's always going to be autistic, as you well know, Michaela. So best, you know, I find some happiness in amongst his autism or once again, I'm going to have a miserable life. And so it, it doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy to do, but it's possible still in amongst those sorts of um, you know events that are that are really big events in your life that can be big negative events it's still possible to find the better feeling place in amongst all of that um, not easy but it's possible and so over time we did that and um, you know we cope for four years my somehow we got through and my husband showed great progress and but um unfortunately he needed a new heart and he never got a new heart and it was six years ago on the 11th of the 11th that he passed away um and so we go back to devastation again but I've been here before and I know for sure that you can work your way back up from that devastation with the right attitude the right mindset and I guess that has since become very much a basis and a foundational message for my shows and it's through that real life experience that I got to live a lot of the lessons that I speak about do you want me to stop (laughs) (laughs) no I think uh I'm just sitting here absorbing all of that and I didn't quite know what to say Julie but uh it's interesting because I found out yesterday that uh, one of our previous guests on the show has been in hospital uh the last week or so after suffering a mild stroke 
Um, mm. And for our listeners, that was uh, Ross Forbes from Tradeshaw. So you know, just yeah, things can change in a in an instant. Uh, in a heartbeat, Warwick, it's just a heartbeat in it. That's exactly right. I know. Uh, so, I mean, what sort of uh, you know, you talk about not losing your sanity and and some of the challenges that mm. were seemingly insurmountable. I guess where was the shift for you? You know, you talked about getting through moments because you couldn't get through days. Was there mm. a, a time where that kind of shifted or did you just grab hold of yourself and say, hey, I've got to do something differently here? I mean, how did that happen for you? Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, and I wondered whether it's so interesting to reflect and think about why you were put on the path that you were on and, you know, why I'd been doing what I was doing for the last, you know, seven years previous to that. And really it was about remembering everything I had read and that I talk about and that, you know, I hear and applying it because it, once again, it's easy to talk the talk. It's a whole lot harder to walk the walk. So it really is. I see a lot of people talking stuff, but not necessarily following it up with action. So I guess for me, it was just some reflection around that. And it was time to put into practice everything I'd talked about. Um, and, and yeah, so it really was just that reflection and going within and then that discipline to do that. Mm. So it, it was making the decision and the personal choice that, you know what, by yes. I'm going to yes. implement this stuff. Yep, and we have the power to choose, you know, and I think I, I believe and, and, you know, a lot of people might not agree with this, but I believe that as a society, and this isn't everybody, but as a society generally, we've gotten a little bit lazy. We've gotten lazy physically, we've gotten lazy emotionally, and I believe we've gotten lazy with our thinking. And at any time, we can change our thinking to lift our energy to a better feeling place. Once again, it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean you shouldn't allow yourself to be sad. We should. But there's a point where you go, well, um, how long do I want to be sad for? And and then you change your thinking to focus on more positive things, which lifts your energy. And that just requires some discipline to do that. And it's something that I suppose, you know, I'm listening to your story and I'm sure we've got listeners out there who have been through something similar or, or know people mm-hmm. who have. I mean, that's pretty catastrophic uh, sort of events, I guess you'd look at that and say, well, you know, of course you'd you'd find ways to, to cope or turn your life around. But mm. I, I think part of the challenge is for the seemingly smaller stuff, you know, like you lose a client or, I don't know, someone runs yes. into the back of your car <laughs> and, you're off the, and, you, and your ute's off the road for a week or two and you can't work for a little bit. I mean, those things are probably seem like small events that we shouldn't really apply this effort and uh, perspective to? Do do you think that's Um, an issue for us? Well, what what it's done for me, Warwick, is that it's put those small events into perspective. You know, I say now that I can cash in on my courage. You know, um, if, if somebody doesn't like what I've got to offer at a presentation and I have 99 positive that love it and one negative, um, I used to focus on that one negative. I'm going to have to let you go, you know, because I've had to walk into a lounge room and tell their, my boys their daddy has died. I'm not going to get caught up on the fact that you don't like me today. Um, so I'm get, so the little things in life now that used to bother me, they don't bother me anymore because I know that their life will give you a big enough, enough big enough things all on its own. We don't need to create big things out of little incidences. Um, so I think that. Yes, it is about, but you still got to apply that philosophy to those little things, Warwick, you know, because there are people out there who are afraid to do those things. And once again, that's a foundation of what I talk about, about how we let fear rule us. Um, they are scared to express an opinion in case somebody doesn't like their opinion. They're scared to get up in front of a, a group of people and speak in case somebody doesn't like what they're doing. And I, and that, that's a very relevant issue today. So 
the same philosophy can be applied to that where you've got to be disciplined in your thinking and know that you don't have to let that person um, have that much power over you and your feelings and you can leave it alone. You've got to empower up against that. So, yeah, so I do talk a lot about that, but obviously um, about letting the little things go and, yes, not mm. wasting your energy on those things. And you share a great story in your show, Julie. Uh, yes, it is a show. Uh, it is a show. About, <laughs> about getting the newspaper at the airport. And I just always remember yes. that story about worrying about what other people uh, think about yes. you. So yep. share and your experience with that, that story. Sure. You sure. And that's come about really is, and is about that whole um, situation of how if we reflected on every day and how many moments in every day we didn't do something and when we looked at what we were scared of, it will often come back to we were scared of somebody else's opinion of us, like what would they think of us? And my answer to that is so what? Because that's stealing a lot of opportunities from us. And, And so the newspaper story is that I was flying out to go interstate to work for the day, city flyer flight, first flight out of the day. I'm sitting in the airport lounge, not dressed in sequins. I'm just dressed uh, in normal clothes. So I'm blending with the crowd. Um, and it must have been when they first started delivering the new, giving you newspapers and the guy comes to put the newspapers in the newspaper holder and, and drives off in his little newspaper train and we're all sitting there. And then the whispers start around me. Do you think they're free? I don't know. Go and get one. I'm not getting one. You get one. Or maybe you've got to pay for them. I don't know. It's a newspaper. And so I sit there and wait for a little bit longer and everybody's whispering about the newspapers, looking at them. And I thought, I can't stand this. So I got up and walked up and picked one up. And, of course, as soon as I picked it up, what did everyone else do? Oh, well, it's all right. Can I get a newspaper? I mean, nothing happened to her. She's okay. You know, so in that scenario, the people are sitting there going, well, I'm not getting none. I'm not going to be first. You know, so as soon as I made the footprints to the newspaper, everybody was happy to walk in them. But there are not enough people these days in business or personally courageous enough to make the footprints themselves. And what are we scared of? I mean, the worst thing that can happen in that scenario is that somebody would have went, hey, and I would have went, wow, because I frightened easily and then they would have felt silly and um, and I would have got my newspaper or they would have said, you've got to pay for it and I would have got my $2 out or whatever and paid for my newspaper. That's the worst case scenario. But most people aren't even prepared to pay that price of being a little bit embarrassed or being first or what will everybody think. You've got to, we've got to, if we haven't got the courage to pick up the newspaper, how have we got the courage to ask for a pay rise, to dream big, to take the rejection, to handle um, the negativity, to handle a bit of failure and get back up if we can't even pick up our newspaper in life so yeah we just have to watch ourselves in all those situations and ask why am I acting like this or what am I concerned about why aren't I getting up on the dance floor and dancing why am I giving the strangers in this this bar that much power over my life and scared of them judging my dance style or judge what I'm wearing or what I'm going to say like you know I can go on for ages about this there's there's a good reason (laughs) I don't get up on the dance floor Julie Oh, come if, on, if you Laurie. saw my dance style, you, sure you would appreciate me movies. sitting down. <laughs> uh, but is is there? I suppose you know you, you've been talking to lots of people and you've given uh, lots of I won't call them presentations. Uh, but is there a common denominator that drives a lot of this for people? And where does this come from? What what started this whole uh, being ruled by fear thing? 
I, well, I think that um, in our Western worlds, it's that fear, um, it's marketing, and especially with women, it's about this measuring up to everybody else. We live on the outside, not the inside. We've started looking at our lives instead of into our lives. We look at our bodies instead of into who we are. And so we're taught that we're not perfect, and if you've got cellulite and you've got this and, you know, you put on weight around your middle, you know, suddenly you're not good enough anymore. We were always good enough. You know, we know that when we're born. We're born miracles. We look at a little bit baby and we see a miracle and we look at that baby like it's the first time we've seen fingers and toes and we are in awe. You don't look at a baby and go, well, look at your nose, kiddo. This is going to be terrible. You are going to have a rough life with that nose. (laughs) And yet we start looking at ourselves like that. You know, and at two, when we're confident and we're resilient and, you know, we're courageous and we're fearless, we love ourselves at two. We love ourselves up. We look in the mirror and love ourselves as a two-year-old. Um, but so slowly the marketing messages get to us and slowly it starts eroding our self-esteem, our self-regard or our sparkle, as I call it. Um, and suddenly we're so consumed and we've stopped, we've forgotten that our opinion of ourselves is far more important than anybody else's opinion of us. And I believe that that's a foundation for everything. The conversations that you have with yourself and the way that you feel about yourself will affect every other conversation you have and every other relationship that you have. So I believe we have to go back there and stop buying into all those marketing messages that tell us that we're not good enough unless we are already good enough. And I know you've said it before, but it's all about, you know, choosing how we feel and just, you know, we have the choice and it's all about attitude about how we live our life every day and every moment. That's exactly right, um, Michaela, and it is making a conscious choice. I mean, I did this, I wrote this um, post the other day and a lot of people related to it because this is the kind of thing I mean. Now, I went to bed on my own the other night and it was a hot night because I'm still on my own and it was one of those hot nights. And I laid there and, I, and you know, I feel lonely sometimes. This is not going to get R-rated or anything. It's okay. <laughs> So I'm laying there and I'm going, oh, it'd be so nice to have my husband here. I really miss him. I feel really lonely. Now, this is so I'm feeling, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling low. Yeah, I'm really lonely. I just miss him so much. You know, when am I going to meet somebody else? It'd be so nice to have somebody's arms to relax into and to take a break. And then I, so then I start lifting my thinking. But, you know, it is a hot night tonight. I wouldn't want him to touch me. In fact, you'd have to stay right on his side of the bed, seriously. And we wouldn't be doing any of that. And, oh, my God, it's so nice to have my own bed to myself. And they he'd have sweaty pillow and a sweaty sheets. Oh, I'm so glad I've got my own bed. Oh, I love stretching out in this bed. Oh, it's just fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, you just – and, I mean, that's just a fun example of lifting your thinking and going to a better feeling place. And we have all got the power to do that. You know, the old – I can't believe she said that to me. You know, people are still people getting caught up on all of that HR issues are full of all of this sort of issues between workplace, um, people in workplace, between teams, because somebody said something. I can't believe she spoke to me like that. She shouldn't have said that to me. Oh, she really hurt my feelings. I'm not over it. Three hours later, I'm still not over it. Come to the tea room and I'll tell you what she said about me this morning. Oh, she really hurt my feelings. She shouldn't have said that to me. You know, we could do a conference for a week about whether they should or they shouldn't have said it. They already said it. So let's move on from mm. it. I have the power to leave you with that comment and to not take it on board and to get on with my life and have a great day because it is my life, my time, my day, my thinking, my energy. I can choose how I use it. That's right. And a, and a great example is, you know, Julie, you really do walk your talk and I know that recently you did happen to be on a beach where you heard a comment which, yes. you know, had a big dramatic impact on your life uh, and became a bit of a viral hit. So tell us that story about the day you're on the beach recently. Yes. 
So I was on the beach and I was in my bikini as I wear a bikini and um, I was walking past a group of young people and I just heard a comment um, between the group um, talking about me, about whether or not I should in fact still be in a bikini at my age and um, look at her. And and, and so it, I kind of faltered for a moment and thought, oh, is, is um, am I now mutton dressed up as lamb? Has lamb turned into mutton and I shouldn't be looking like wearing this? Is this what's happened? Oh, my gosh, have I missed the moment? And then I sort of thought, no, and then changed my thinking. No, that's ridiculous. I'm still comfortable with my body. I feel good in my bikini. I'm on the beach. I'm not at a restaurant, for God's sake. I should be okay in my bikini. And then I started, you know, once again, you go into um, any sort of newsstand, the magazines are full of women's with their body issues and girlfriends are always talking about it. So I wrote a post, like I give it, do a post every day, but I got my son to coerce my son living with autism to take a photo of his mother in her bikini by the pool, posted it on a Sunday afternoon with a little spiel about the fact that I am comfortable with my body, with all my dimples and cellulite and stretch marks and I'm thankful and I'm owning my space. And anyway, yes, and so I posted that Sunday afternoon. By Monday morning, it had had over 160,000 likes and it's gone now to something like 210,000 likes and um, 40,000 comments or something. So it just blew my mind that that was such a – and it just proves that it's such a big issue for people out there still, this whole body image. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing that – you know, your story of just being in a bikini, you ended up on Sunrise, you've been in oh, New so, Yep, overseas, and it just came out in UK in Women's Magazine over there. They did a story on it, New Idea. Um, there was sort of something like 49 points of contact with the media from that one post. Um, I have had messages from all over the world, um, from a guy in Ireland with body image issues, from America, from a young girl in England who cuts herself because, you know, of this whole not liking herself and wonderful messages of saying the difference it made and that they're learning to look at them into themselves and stop looking at themselves and it's making a difference. And so part of me was a bit sad that it's still such a big, big wound in society, a big emotional wound. And, and that's why it resonated evidently with so many people. So going back to that, and it's incredible, uh, I suppose, the big hubbub around this whole body image thing. And it just fascinates me that, uh, I don't know, I think the media perpetuates a lot of this stuff sometimes. Um, well, I'm pretty sure they, yep. they need to. Absolutely. But uh, I, I actually thought for a second there, Julie, you were going to say you turned around and flashed your boobs at those young guys. but. <laughs> Oh, well, apparently they'd seen enough of me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to see any more. Uh, anyway, my, I told you I have some really bad dad jokes and my mind works in mysterious ways, doesn't it, Michaela? Uh, anyway, I want does. to go back to <laughs> the whole... I hope you're not getting a visual on that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the whole fear thing, I guess for our listeners, you know, really, if you look at what they're trying to do in, not just in business, but in life, are there some... Mm some ways they can get started. You know, if they're feeling a little bit stuck or they're they're too worried about what other people are going to think, what their customers think, what their competition are doing, are there some simple things they can do to to start to shift that? Well, I just think it starts at a very physical level for a start. And so to me, it starts just with owning your space. So owning who you are and knowing that you are good enough. And so I, I I do think that perhaps men are still a bit better than this. 
um, at this Warwick than, than women. And I may be wrong. And some men, and I have many men come up to me after my shows too and say very much that they were um, very affected and they really get it. So, but I'm just generally saying that I think men are still a bit better at taking some criticism. You know, men don't necessarily come home and say to their wives, um, oh my gosh, you should have heard what Bob said about my tie today. He really <laughs> hurt my feelings. I'm going to give Bill a ring and meet him at the pub and talk about it. In fact, I'm even going to go on Facebook it. I'll show him. <laughs> um, you know, men tend to let that stuff slide off them, them a little bit more. And, you know, and, if, and I, I do a bit of a story about the way, even the way that we look in a mirror. And, and it, I know a lot of people probably think this sounds like a bit of fluff, but it really isn't. This is where it starts. You cannot give what you don't have. If you want to have courage and confidence, you need to be able to have that within the inside and be able to give that to yourself. If you want to give praise, you need to be able to give it to yourself first um, and so it is you know men I've only got my husband to go by but he'd get out of the shower in the morning you know and head to the mirror with nothing on and and next thing you know he's doing the helicopter feeling pretty good about himself you know confident <laughs> comfortable um, and if they're put on a bit of weight they're likely to grab it and you know do a belly roll or something and show it off um, whereas us women kind of sneak to the mirror and are looking at ourselves and making judgments and the self-talk starts to become very negative and if that starts negative you will take that with you throughout the whole day your self-image affects your projected image to our clients to our staff members to our team members we are projecting how we feel about ourselves so it starts with looking in the mirror and being kind to yourself from there talk yourself up you know um our swimmers don't get in the mirror before they go and hop in the pool and go oh, i'll probably drown out there tonight Gee, i hope the water's not cold you know, they're talking themselves up. We all should be talking ourselves up. So going to the mirror, talking yourself up, you know, saying good morning to yourself, looking into yourself, not at yourself and owning that space that you're in and feeling good about it. Then it really is about watching what you say. So watching what you say every day and saying, can I shift that? Somebody says, how are you today when you walk into work? Are you going, oh, not bad? What the heck? What's not bad? And do you want a not bad life? Or are you going, oh, tired? You know how many tired people are there are out there? Warwick, still tired. How are you today? Tired. How are you today? Tired. And you don't get less tired by telling everyone you're tired. So you shift it. How are you today? Great. You know, when you're at work, you just have to be great. And that's that. Imagine if I got on here today and you said, Julie, how are you? And I said, tired. Oh, should be a good show, eh? Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> and, it, and I might have been tired before I started talking to you, but when I start talking to you, I shift it. How are you today, Julie? Great. How are you today? Great. How are you today? Great. By the time you get home, your husband says, how are you? You go, great. He goes, great. You're not tired. Great. <laughs> <laughs> careful when you're great. Careful when you're tired, ladies. But, yeah. but you know, it really is um, a shift like that in those situations and that does work for the small things so have you just become habitually telling everyone that you're tired is that become habitual do you need to shift that when people say how are you what are you saying do you need can you do something different how do you talk about your work how do you talk about your clients is that what you want to manifest in your life and if not you need to start writing down what you do want to say and start shifting them um you know, affirmations, I do that all the time. I'll handle it is one of my big ones. I'll handle it. If I'm feeling scared, you can either start thinking, oh, no, I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to ask for the sale. I mean, what if I don't say no and I'm not sure I can ha I'll handle it. But no, I'll handle it. Bring it on. I'll handle it. You know, so you shift your moods through that. So, you know, don't underestimate the power of using affirmations and those sorts of things as well to shift that thinking. So they're just a couple of things that can just start your day off better straight away. So just really... We have so many thoughts running around in our head. We have to, they're our thoughts. So we forget that we are the thinker of our thoughts. They're our thoughts. But sometimes we just have to grab them and sometimes they need a tweak so that they actually leave us in a better feeling place. 
It's it's uh, and I come across this a lot with my mentoring of uh, of business people. Is that then projects not just onto ourselves and the people that we work with, but as you mentioned there about prospective customers and our suppliers. And I think the biggest thing for me, Julie, is that I like to be around positive people. And absolutely, the irony in it is. If you ask most people, would you rather be around a negative Nancy or somebody who's, you know, feeling positive and, and happy all the time, they'd always choose the positive, happy person. And yet yeah. there's so many people getting around being misery guts and victims that they don't yeah. see that that's actually creating so much of their lack or their problems in life. And and then you attract more people who are in that space with you. You know, that's exactly right because you're not going to attract positive people. And so you do really have to start with yourself and take that personal responsibility. And I just think, you know, personal responsibility needs to come so much back into fashion that we start saying, what am I doing to contribute to where I am at the moment and start start there and often it's you're so right it is with that attitude and I too think when people are in a bad mood or they're tired I, I think well is it fun there are you having fun and if not why are you still there you know and it's like people go oh she put me in a bad mood what do they pick you up drive you to the bad mood place and yeah, drop yeah, you off yeah. yep. Held a gun like, to nobody can be cranky there. yeah exactly yes so yeah so true I, I love the question of uh, and how's that working out for you you know, yes, yeah, <laughs> not that's bad. Right. Jeez, how's that working out for you, mate? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that that triggers that self responsibility. Gee, yeah, I might reflect on that for a minute. So, absolutely, it really is that reflection and um, taking that personal responsibility, discipline. And, and the thing about that is too that it's not going to cost you thousands of dollars to turn your business around or your life. It costs you nothing to change how you think and feel every day. And so there's really no excuses that you can't start straight away making a difference in your life and growing your business through implementing some of the suggestions that you've had. Yeah, absolutely, Michaela. That's, you know, I often see people, you know, buying another book and don't get me wrong, that's a great thing to do. And I, you know, constantly work on my own professional and personal development and I never stop doing that. And I don't believe that we should ever stop, but I believe that we need to make sure that we are taking action on what we are reading and learning. And I think that's where the big gap is sometimes that we hope that this course is going to fix it or that this next book will solve my problems, but nothing's going to solve our problems unless we do something with it. You know, and as you know, that's the last line in my, my sparkle chorus that I share at my shows is some action is required at some point you know there's a Chinese proverb that says talking will not cook the rice at some point you've got to cook the rice <laughs> at some point you've got to do something you know you can visualize all you like and lay in bed and and visualize and burn some incense and meditate and visualize but at some point you've got to get up and make something happen and um, take that personal responsibility and do something. So that's exactly right, Michaela. We don't need to necessarily spend any more money. We just have to apply what we already know and remember what we already know. So, Julie, do, so you, true. do you still uh, have any struggles at the moment? Like, I mean, you know, it sounds like you've you've really got a very high level of personal mastery and obviously you're sharing a lot of learnings with people through your shows, but do, do you ever struggle with things these days? Yes, Warwick, I do. Um, absolutely. Autism still continues to take me on a very big journey, discovering parts of myself that I'm not, not sure I wanted to discover, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so that's been, and it continues to be um, a huge journey. And to be honest, the last 10 years, I get up every year and wonder how I'm going to get to the end of the year. And I have to then remind myself that I do and that I'm still here. And so we do keep getting back up. Um, my son, my older son, 
you know, I was just always like, just let me get him to let me get to, get the kids to adulthood. Please let me just get them there. My eldest son goes away on the 16th of February in a couple of weeks to join the army. So he is leaving home. And so that's going to be another big emotional roller coaster for me. So I'm all mixed emotions of being very proud, but also knowing that it, I think it will have a huge emotional impact on us as a family. So absolutely, my, my life still is very much a journey of highs and lows. Um, but, you know, and I was thinking the other day, you know, once again, having that moment of, um, you know, why did I have to take the hard road? Why did I get in the line for the roller coaster? Why couldn't I have gotten the merry-go-round line? Like, how did I get this ticket? Um, but, you know, and I, and part of me wishing that I didn't have to have gone through all this. And, you know, and then I get this whisper in my head and, you know, once again, it's me talking myself through things of, but Julie, what if, your relation, you know, Flash hadn't passed away and what if he was still here and things didn't go as you'd planned and, and what if you were not who you are today as a person and having the influence you are and doing what you do, you know, what if it, it, this was all had to happen for you to be where you are today, for the boys to be who they are, um, you know, this is, it's okay, it's all okay. So, yes, so I have good days, I have bad days and, well, not a lot of days, they're moments and um, I keep Applying what I know and what I teach and I have as much laughter in my life as I do tears but I certainly have both and I think that's a great point, and it's something Julie. sorry sorry it is sorry. it's a progression it's not you know you don't necessarily arrive at this place where okay well I've got everything under control now and I'll no, just cruise. that's right Warwick that is so true and I think we as a society have become attached with it all going well. You know, at the end of last year, I, I said this again too in a blog about how you're hearing everybody, well, thank God 2014's gone. Oh, my God, what a terrible year that was. 2015's going to be my year. It's going to be my year. What, what does your year mean? What does that exactly mean? Because 2015 will be a year like every other year. There will be ups, there will be downs, there will be good times, there will be bad times, there will be some natural disasters, there will be some celebrations, there will be some commiserations, there will be death there will be grief there will be highs there will be lows and then we will do what we do with it and make the most of it that's what a year will look like um this whole thing of being attached to it's all got to go well you know that's that's not reality that's not living a life and we do not know hot unless we know cold we will not know what good feels like unless we've been to what bad feels like we will not know what happy feels like unless we know the opposite which is sad so I think we've got to release this attachment of everything being perfect. The perfect mm. perfection is in the imperfection because this is living a life. Uh, that's so true. And I know, I don't know if I've shared with my listeners, but uh, my son is also autistic. So I certainly can um, share a bit of Julie's journey mm. as well. But but what I love about you, Julie, is you are an oversharer and you love, you love sharing your journey on Facebook. And, I do. Uh, and you know what? When I'm not having the best day, I look for you on Facebook and just to see what you're up to, what you've done today and how you dealt with it. So I really do find it quite inspirational about how you Thank do you. share the, you share the ups and the downs. There's no yes, doubt about uh, it. Yes. Yeah. And I hope that when I share the downs that, you know, I think that it's important that people know that they're not alone and we look at other people's lives and we put them on pedestals and think oh my gosh their life must be so great and so that's why I share the whole story um, but I always hope that I share the downs with hope attached because it's about saying that we will go through negative times but there is always hope attached to that and I said recently that you know I have 
I have, I think there's a difference between being sad and unhappy. I have very, very sad moments, but I am not an unhappy person. And I think there's a real difference there. Um, now I am alone a lot, but I am not a re, I'm not really lonely very much of the time. And so I just think that there's a real difference there. And that really is about how you go about living your life. And, and for me sharing, it's, it appears that that helps people feel less alone and, and feel connected. And so that's why I do it. I mean, my hope is just to wake up every day and make a difference in somebody's life. So, yeah. Well, I think you've certainly made a difference to uh, the listeners on this show, Julie, and that's such an amazing story. And, and I just love your the, the way you kind of package up so much of what I believe and, and try and impart on my clients as well. And uh, I mean, it just comes Thanks. down to a choice, doesn't it? Like we can choose to be uh, unhappy and miserable and negative, or we can choose the other side. It's like, why would you choose all those other things, you know, if you could choose to actually ex- enjoy life. And- yeah, exactly right. And when you say it like that, Warwick, it just, it is really so simple. We overcomplicate everything. Um, and it really is, you know, that simple. We, it doesn't, doesn't mean it's easy. Your thoughts will run away or habits will come in, but it's possible. And it really is um, a simple choice that you make. That's exactly right. So one thing we like to ask all our guests is if you had a thousand tradies in a room, what would be the one message you'd want to give them? A thousand tradies in a room. <laughs> now, wow. Don't get excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, Julie. The one message I would like to give them. Besides your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to the boobs visuals. <laughs> Uh, the message I would like to give them is to, I mean, I, when I think of tradies, I think a really um, hardworking, salt of the earth, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. So I think the message I would give to them is to get all their ducks in a row in the other areas of their life um, with regards to the back of the room stuff and the reason I'm saying this is because that's actually I'm really good on the stage with my tools on a stage speaking but I'm really glad in the back room area with my bookwork and paperwork and organization and marketing and all those sorts of things so for the tradies I would say to yeah to to make sure that they've got all their ducks in a row in that area and make so that they can just get out there and do what they do and what they love to do and be able to not worry about all that other stuff that's what I would say and I really need to take my own advice on that. Can I just say I'm just taking a note? <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, I'm taking a note. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, yeah. Julian. I know you've got a few shows coming up, and how can people find out more about you? I do. I have some shows coming up in Brisbane in the next few weeks, Northside and Southside, and um, Newcastle, Harvey Bay, and there are more coming in later on in the year. So they can go to my website, juliecross.com.au, and all the events are listed there. And certainly um, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Awesome and we'll stuff. certainly share your black bikini photo. And if you do want Julie's number, just contact us. <laughs> if you see her on the beach, give her Thanks. a wave. Yeah, 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 that's right. Thanks, guys. You're so funny. Thanks, Julie. Julie. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. See you. So there you have it. Uh, Fantastic interview 
with Julie Cross. As Michaela said, I think everybody needs a bit more Julie Cross in their life. And um, certainly if you're on the beach, you probably get some. Uh, well, sorry, Julie, <laughs> just a bit more Julie. Anyway, I'm just going to move on. Uh, look, I'm going to share something on air. And this is, <laughs> this is uh, kind of ironic because I was chatting uh, with Julie off air and just said, you know what, 10 years ago, and, and pretty much my whole life up to that point, I was one of the meekest, mildest, uh, quietest guys that you would ever know and really lacked self-confidence. And I actually, to be honest, I hated going out in public because I was so nervous and so worried about what other people thought of my appearance and how I talked. And um, there's no way I ever would have got up on stage to present as I do nowadays to audiences, you know, in the hundreds and, and have a, you know, a top rating national podcast. So people that meet me now, they don't believe it. But I really did have to work through a heap of stuff to get to that point of having the confidence and to not, honestly, to just not give a shit what other people think of me. And, and it's amazing because that really surprised me. I've only known the new Warwick and I would <laughs> never have imagined uh, you in any other way. So I'm sure that has taken a dramatic turn in your life to master yourself and your life in that way. Oh, totally. And look, it, it doesn't have to be that profound for people, but I suppose you know, if you're listening to this episode, don't discount that whole self-talk, uh, you know, self-confidence thing because as Aussies and particularly Aussie blokes, I think, you know, we, we love a good piss take, um, but it's not, it's not out of bounds to talk about this stuff. And I think it's really important that as tradies in business, that you do get your head around this whole self-image thing and, and not worrying about what other people think. I think we mask it pretty well as blokes. Uh, you know, we do the whole bravado thing, but deep down, I think it does cut, I think it does cut us when people criticize. Um, and I know Julie said, you know, guys probably handle it a bit better. But to be honest, I, I think we, we just internalize it and we just don't talk about it. Whereas women tend to probably, they do chat to their, their girlfriends or their support networks a little bit more. Oh, and we probably go overboard and we obsess <laughs> over it and carry on about it. So there's got to be a good balance in there somewhere. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yep. Uh, and we must do a shout out to our wonderful show sponsor, Myob Pay Direct, with their mobile payment system that they have. So if you want to uh, take payments on the go and improve your cash flow, if you have a smartphone and you get their PayDirect reader, you can certainly um, make things a lot easier for you and get cash quicker. So if you'd like to find out more about it, head to tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash MYOB. And also while you're there on the website, make sure to check out episode 29 where we will have the black bikini shot of Julie for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> but no boob, just, just Julie in a bikini. Yes, yep, doing her, her big star stance. So, <laughs> I love it, I love it. Cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and till next time. Hooray. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.